You like that better than panties? God damn it. Hey, panties. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I've been catching up on my 2017 movies, finally. Yeah, we've got a stale... Yeah, very stale. Movies that came out last year episode I, coming your way. You know what I can do to lead into that, though? We, uh, the, the reason I'm so behind on movies is because I spent the majority of the end of last year and the beginning of this year screening movies for Dances with Films which is the Independent Film Festival. We've done an episode about it. Go back and listen to it. But this year, I led some of the Q&As. And uh, those were pretty fun, I guess. That's cool. Yeah, they were all documentaries. Wait, so you were the questioner? Yes. I I programmed, along with one of the other dances people, I programmed all the documentaries this year. Uh, It was all our programming. And I was quite proud of what we selected. And then for about half the docs, I'm doing the Q and A. So what were half. some of these? Ep- what were some of the docs? Uh, two of the really uh, great ones that I liked was one's called Father's Kingdom, which is about Father Divine. Do you know who Father Divine was? He was no. a religious leader in the early part of the 20th century, from about the 20s to the I think he died in the 50s or 60s. I think it was the 60s, and he led one of the very first completely integrated religious groups in the country. It was black and white people living together, working together. Uh, you could pay a small amount and you get fed. There, you pay a small amount, you get housed. Very progressive, very radical. Um, they didn't refer to black or white people. It was all dark complected, light complected. Mm. So very, very interesting man. However, where was this? Uh, he was in Philadelphia. Mm. Was where he was originally based. Um, the the big, however, of this guy's story is that. He told his followers that he was God. Oh my God! So okay. it basically functioned as a giant cult. The International Peace Mission was the name of his organization. So it was also a cult that controlled their sex lives. They all had to be celibate. And now, because they're not producing new followers, because they're all celibate, it's a bunch of old people living in his mansion. And they're oh, all. Oh, it still exists. Yeah, it still exists. And they're dying off. They still gather and have dinners. His wife lived forever. He was married to a white woman. And he married her in like oh, the 40s. Oh, he's black. Yes, he's black. Um, so the Father's Kingdom is about that. Uh, we program- Wait a second. Wasn't he celibate? No. So well, he wasn't. He, he, he said he was, but it, you know there was some stuff going on. That's kind of interesting. It's, it reminds me of Wild Wild Country. Yes, very much. Yeah. Very much like that. We screened it and... People, it was. It's a hard movie to get people to go to, but once it makes its way into Netflix or wherever, you should check it out because it's really good. Very fat. I. Had, it's this piece of history I had no idea yeah. existed. And then uh, one of the other movies we selected was At the Drive-In, which is about this drive-in movie theater and uh, the Mahoning Drive-In in Pennsylvania, and it's just basically like a slice of life film. Uh, very moving, very excellent. Uh, there was a. Uh, between the Shades, which is LG. Wait, 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 why moving and excellence? Because he does such an effective job at talking to 
the people that work there because it's like this weird community that's built up around this drive-in. Basically, during the course of the year in which the movie is filmed, either the drive-in makes a profit finally or they close it. So it's there's some pretty high stakes, uh, and you just learn about all these people that love this drive-in and, and love hanging out there and the community that they form together. So if you like that style of like slice of life, very specific piece of Americana type doc, very good. Uh, we had a movie called Between the Shades, which is about LGBTQIA, et cetera, people. And it's mainly just conversations with people of all different types in the community talking boring. about their lives. Uh, some some might find it boring. <laughs> Uh, Are we really going to start saying LGBTQIA? Is the, that really going to happen? I I certainly don't think that we should. I think that's there's too many there's too many letters. It's happening though. People LGBTQIA. Uh, yeah, it's like seven syllables. It's going to be hilarious. So as that just gets longer and longer, it's going to be so funny. It's just like just say the queers. Yeah, just say the gays. The the queer community. Those gays. So uh, that was that was a fun experience. Um. It was kind of fun. It's hard on state when you're up there because, like, you you have to make it not about you and and really focus on the filmmakers. the The gay movie it was really funny because this movie's been at like twelve festivals, but <laughs> shockingly there were there were people in the audience that were like giving notes to the filmmakers, and I was like, no, it's not. not yeah, we're just let's just ask questions. We don't need to give your feedback to the yeah. filmmakers. You love the like movie, the indie movie world. It's, it's fucking weird to me. I like, I don't like that world. It freaks me out. Why? It just makes me, it's like, ooh, ugh. what? I don't understand. I don't know. There's something about it. That's just so like sweaty, nerdy man. You know, like, like, like the, the film production world is, is well, always, I don't like it. I, I don't, it's like film production. People out. are very annoying. They're, they're very, they're like, it's like a, it, for like the sexiest thing in the world. The, the, Which is what big movies are like. Film people are so not sexy. The people on crews like, and stuff. It, yeah, there's a w- distinct subculture. They have jargon. The total jargon. The gaffers of the world. Yeah. I mean, that's like a big population. Yeah. They're of people. very, they're very annoying people. Yeah. I hated working in production. Um, when I worked in reality TV, it's that same yeah. crowd yeah, that's yeah, there, yeah, and it was yeah. so, it was so funny. Like they were just. It was just these dudes like worrying about how green people were. Right. Like somebody yeah. would be like, oh, it's just, he's Such green. A green guy. He hasn't been out in the field. It's like, just shut up. You're yeah. not in the military. I know, just dude. moving lights around and, for real. And circling wires. When I worked around. on Fuck weeds, you know, my first foray into Los Angeles was working on weeds. I had no idea. You, you did? No. I told you this seven no, you haven't. times. Okay. Yeah, my, not on here. My first foray in LA in 2006 was I spent a summer in LA. Uh, working on weeds. What did you do? Were you a PA? Yeah. Isaac, no, no, PA. no. I was a yeah. I was a PA. I was a production. I was a post production assistant. Oh, okay. Those people are shitty too. Post production people are also awful. Well, yeah. Well, the editors. Yeah. You know, editors, editors are human are, garbage. They're yeah. they're intense intense people. But uh, I, it was pretty fun though. Actually, I mean, it was it was a great experience for me. I mean, I was a total fucking disaster. I like misplaced things all the time. I was stoned twenty four hours a nice. day. I ended up being kind of befriending Genji Kohan, though. Oh, you should have parlayed that into Yeah, because she really liked me, and I bought weed for her. Because I was the only person on set that actually smoked weed back then. And I was, again, stoned all day, every day. Um, But, 
what were we talking about? What, what, what was this? Production people. To? Oh, yeah. No, the, the, so like I was kind of cool with the editors because I was in the post production department and they kind of tolerated me. Yeah. But the, production production people like the gaffers doing the actual production yeah we're all exactly like you're saying it was all about how green everyone was yeah. it was and i was super green yeah so they made constant fun of me like yeah. it, like the gaffers are like the mean boys of fucking the whole movie making all like the production they, people are just yeah they're like this is our special club and yeah. fuck you like you're not part of it well i remember we made Years ago, some friends and I did one of those 24-hour, 48-hour film things where you make a movie in 48 hours. Yeah. And, and uh, we had some uh, of those uh, people uh, on the set. Right. And like one of one of them was like, hand me that stinger. Give yeah. me that stinger. <laughs> and I was just like, you mean the fucking extension cord? Is that what you mean? Why don't we just call it what everyone else on the planet calls that's, it? That's their fucking word. For yeah. It. Yeah, you showed me. <laughs> hand me the stinger, bro. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. Get the Shut fuck the out of here. Editors, I, I hated. I, I thought editors were the dumbest people on earth, like from a practical perspective. Mm-hmm. When I worked on Bull Run, which was this stupid reality TV show, I was a. I was also a PA. I was like an office PA. And one of the editors, I had to order lunch for these people every <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, that was my job too. And I was which lunch is a, order. Which is a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Because it's the worst. Because they're always going to forget something and then you're going to get blamed yeah. every time. And they all have special orders. Oh, I don't yeah. understand oh, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. They're like, totally. no no tomatoes and replace this with that. I'm, I don't understand. God, I'm so happy I don't have to do that Oh, anymore. it's, I, I feel. So happy. W- the, the promise I made myself, uh, very unlikely to happen. But if I ever become famous and somebody's like ordering food for me, yeah. I will behave oh, never. like a human right. being. I, I, no, I will never be like this turkey burger yeah. has mayonnaise on the side they're gonna be like hey they forgot your fries i'm gonna say that's fine I yeah don't care. i don't give a fuck just give yeah. me the fucking food I'll, i don't fucking I'm a, care i'm a grown-up i can handle yeah. disappointment although once you get to become a prima donna i don't know i could see you getting uh, i've never behaved like that so i don't think that i would but who knows, who knows? people are mysteries so one of the editor like i had to order every day and it was a big production because not only do you have to collect all the money because the production wasn't paying for the food so you have to deal with the money there was also the issue of tipping the people that brought the food because you don't want to piss off the delivery guys who brought the food because then they'd be, do a shitty job in the future. And there was a delivery fee on top of it. Yeah. So right. one, one of the editors was like, we ordered from California Pizza Kitchen one day, and he's like, okay, I want the uh, barbecue chicken personal pizza. I was like, okay. He's like, and I want the chopped chicken half salad. I was like, okay. And he's like, I want the slice of chocolate cake chocolate banana cake <laughs> and i was like okay and he gives me a 20 dollar bill and i'm like what is this he's like that's 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 for the that's for my lunch and i'm like this 20 dollars barely covers your fucking pizza <laughs> not to mention the other two things and he's like that's outrageous i'm like where do you not live in los angeles do you not know how fucking expensive food is so funny. and he just had no idea and i was like how do you not know like yeah. this is more than 20 dollars worth of food that you're ordering yeah, he and he just had no yeah, just had no fucking idea. Just sits in his room with his avid and yeah, and edits right. reality TV. No, it's a t- it's a totally. I mean, but it's like any industry, right? But it's like with the with the movie people, they all are are uh, tapping into a little bit of that magic. Yeah, you know, they're all like they can go and tell their weird fucking family back in Pennsylvania. They can say, "Well, I worked on." 
uh, Iron Man 3. Right. You know, I was a second editor assistant on Iron Man 3. So no. basically, when you go see that, think about me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So bizarre. That's I don't, what they I want. don't miss that for a second. That was like... No, I've, it's, I've, the, it's the worst. I've worked in... Don't sh- move to Hollywood. Anyone listening to this. Yeah. You're not going to enjoy it. You're going to think you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. You're going to work... Or, 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 or no, move to Hollywood, but just be ready for it to suck. Yeah. <laughs> be ready to be abused because that's part of it too. Right. I know. Exactly. Because it all, the shit goes downhill yeah. and they're, the people at the top are shit. Yeah. So they pass well, no, the shit No, it's not the people down. at the top. It's the people in the middle that are Right. Shit. That are even worse. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the agents of the world are truly it's the, the worst people. And it's the... Uh, the uh, production managers and right because they're all because 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 the entire system works on people with failed dreams yes so there's like 10 people that get to actually fulfill yeah, their if you're dreams the executive producer right. on a tv show you're, you're happy it. if yeah, you're the exactly. production you're manager the writer, on a TV even show. the writer kind of gets to give you know you have some say right but the whole cloud of other 100 people making this thing happen are all pissed that they're not you yeah so either you become one of those people or you become a victim of one of those people, right. which is why I joined the fucking advertising industry because <laughs> you don't have to deal with that shit. And everybody in the advertising industry is just happy and Which rich. Mad Men character are you in your office? Definitely Don Draper right now. <laughs> right now, because I'm like the angry, brooding Mysteri- guy. Are you now, the mystery guy? I don't think I'm very mysterious. Well, but I, I don't, Don Draper requires mystery. Right. I think I have like Don Draper attitude, but and then I'm just actually a fucking goofball in reality. Gotcha. You know, uh, I, I'm more like, uh, you know, I'm the, the thing about Don Draper is that he doesn't do office politics and yeah. I'm definitely like that. Mm. You know, like I, I'm not good at dealing. I'm not those. good at dealing with people. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't wipe properly. I, I relate very strongly to Pete Campbell, I've realized. Really? Pete oh, you're just a bad guy. Yeah, I'm Pete probably Pete Campbell a little, uh, is my favorite okay. character on Mad Men. I might be a I might be Pete Campbell. I might be a certain amount of Pete Campbell. Yeah. Pete also. Campbell's Pete Campbell, I'm No, because Pete Campbell the, the thing about Campbell though is he's like a seller. I, I'm not really a seller. No, I'm not I don't relate to know? that part, yeah. but I relate to just the general mishaps and feeling of inadequacy but yeah. that scene when he falls down the stairs and then yells at don draper at the foot of them that's me <laughs> yelling at my bosses for like moving my chair which they did so, so I fi- let's talk about the- i finally saw ladybird mm, okay wait let's hear about this uh and i enjoyed it i thought that your take on it was very dumb mm. uh my mom did not like it i think it cut a little too close to home for me, my mom yeah me and your mom i think actually probably have similar taste um and but overall, I thought it was fine. I didn't. I didn't what, understand what, was what your my beef take? was. What was my take? You didn't. You thought that it was like a movie that was about how unique and special she was, and I, you, you posited that the Timothy Chalamet character was like supposed to be cool, but he was clearly a douche, and that was the filmmaker's intent. What is the difference between cool? See, I think cool is douche. So when I say cool, that's what I mean. Well, I don't think you use the word cool, but you seem to intimate that he was supposed to be like a positive character, but he clearly was positive. Like a, yeah. Like a, a a favorable character. Like we're supposed to look at him and be like, oh, wow, he's a he's a no, new guy. No, no, I don't think that at all. Oh, okay. I, that's not what I was saying. What was your problem with, with uh, Lady Bird then? 
I just didn't like it. I mean, my my problem with Lady Bird was that it seemed see-through. See-through in what way? And boring and self-indulgent and about really stupid white people problems that are not interesting and also completely phony. And, oh, I'm standing up for my abortion rights at this Catholic school in a privileged neighborhood, and I'm slightly more poor than all the other white kids around me, so I have such a hard life. But then, oh, guess what? I get to go to Columbia. It's like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> like, I, I, like I, I just don't think your life is interesting, Greta Gerwig. You're a, you're a dime a fucking dozen. You know, there's a million of you around. It's not, You're not an interesting person. You're just selected because you decided to fuck... What's his name for a little while? Yeah, and, I don't. And, and it's like your life story is not interesting. Wasn't that You're from just Sacramento? A, wasn't that yeah? Wasn't that just a slice of life movie? Like yeah, it's it was about, a slice of life movie. A slice of a boring, stupid life. I don't. I don't agree with that. You didn't like any of the characters. None of the characters were appealing no, it, to you. It, it, you know what? I get this weird feeling sometimes when I'm watching movies, and it, it, I also feel the same way when I watch Kevin Smith movies. I feel like I am watching the actors reading off of a piece of paper. Mm. That's how I felt through that whole movie. I felt like I'm watching this person like read her lines. So it felt too like distant from reality and it was Not more it. about the lines and stuff. Well, and- see what the funny thing about Kevin Smith movies and this, right. Is that both of them are supposed to be close to reality, you know, no, more so. No, no, no. I don't think anyone would describe Kevin Smith movie that way. The I mean, clerks, mall rats aren't, isn't that like a no, slice of mall life? rats? No clerks. It's not a slice of life. No clerks is uh, like an eighties teen comedy. That's an homage Clerks? to... Clerks? No, no. Mallrats. Oh, yeah, okay. Mallrats is an 80s teen comedy. Clerks, I mean, maybe is supposed to be day in the life, but their dialogue is so heightened right. and, and very verbose. Heightened. Yeah, and very verbose and heightened. I don't, exactly, exactly. I don't think they're really supposed to be close to... I mean, I think the one that people would point to maybe is Chasing Amy. Is the right. one where they're like, oh, this is like... It's very verbose. I think that's exactly how I perceive it as verbose and, and sort His of... His movies like, don't hold up very well. Time has kind of revealed them to be... Yeah, pretty... No, you're right. They don't really hold up. No. And it, so I felt the exact same watching this. I felt like this is... I'm supposed to be being drawn into this life for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And somebody is trying to tell me that they're interesting and right. and that they've faced struggle. But in fact, all the elements in which they would have maybe faced struggle are made up. You know, it's all, I've heightened but this why reality. Can't, why can't she just make a movie that's about a character and she uses her life experience to like inform it, but it's not saying, oh, I'm, this movie's about how interesting but and it unique is about I am. Yeah, maybe, then maybe not. Then don't set it in Sacramento. Why not? This is a thing that she knows. Because... Okay, okay. All right. Yes. Do the story you know, but do it in an interesting way. Don't do it in which every little fucking step of the way, you're just supporting the narrative. It's What do you mean supporting the narrative? Oh, I'm fighting against the abortion. I'm going to give a whole speech about how I'm right about abortion. And, oh, this uh, crotchety old woman who's telling us what to do is wrong about abortion. And, and, oh, the rich girl is, like, kind of mean, and I'm making it up, but I'm going to learn my lesson. It's just like, give us something fucking real. You know, don't, don't make it all... Of the narrative, you know, tell us something actually really that happened, not what su- was supposed to happen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what actually happened to you? 
You know, like what what's something you did wrong? What's something? But do you think the character was not constantly doing stuff wrong? Yeah, but in a very uh, she she was not forgivable a, way. A you consistently know? uh like likable character. A lot of the time, she was kind of shitty. Yeah, that's true. I agree. A lot of times she was shitty, and but it's just like. I don't know. You know, it's I don't know. It's weird. I have a weird reaction to that movie because everyone I know loves it or not loves it, but likes it. And yeah, it's I, like I just didn't like it at I, all. I, I went really in without stupid. without much of a I didn't remember. I'm the guy who thought Lady Bird was about Lady Bird Johnson for right, most of right, last year right, right, until right. <laughs> so I didn't really have any yeah. inkling other than you didn't like it. Uh, other people did. And then I, wa- I watched it with my mom when we were in, on our trip and she didn't. I, she didn't like it, I think, because it was too much like her relationship with my sister. Okay, well, I, but what was her reason for not liking it? I she, it she didn't really she couldn't really specify it. It was just it was off putting to her for some reason. It was it was interesting watching it though because that era that it's set in is pretty much exactly like her character in that movie is like my sister's age when my sister was that in that time. Right. I think so, it's a very relatable movie for a lot of people. You know, I mean, my, my fa- future father-in-law went on and on gushing about this movie. And I just kind of said like, yeah, that's because this was the exact era. Your daughters grew up in this kind of disaffected world, you know, world. Right. And I think it's very relatable. Yeah. I, for a lot of people, I, I disagree. Also all the music. Oh, well, fucking kill me. It's just a nostalgia play. It's like, Oh, let's play this song that people liked like at this what? era. Every, the whole soundtrack was like very much that era. When you and I grew up, it's like this, well, these yeah, nostalgia that's songs. The, that's the era. I mean, that's a time honored thing in movies. As you yeah, play these no, old. I mean, you're right. It's a, look, it's a slice of life. It's, it's, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. You know, it's like I I get all the reasons why it's not bad, well, you know, but none it just of, didn't work for me. None of what you're saying do I find fault with. I think that people can watch that movie and not. I, I can definitely see how people are just like it's just not something I'm interested in. I I found it to be kind of fun, and I appreciated its economy. I felt it was a very economical film, and it, it didn't waste a lot of time with bullshit. It just kind of moved along and, and kept the story going. So. Yeah, I just, I didn't, I mean, it wasn't my favorite thing that I watched, but I was like, oh, I see why people like this. This is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. It it seems like to me, as much as I don't really love Harmony Corrine, it's like the thing that Harmony Corrine does is give you actual slices of life. Right. You know, it's not the Hollywood slice of life. Harmony Corrine makes slices of life that you don't really want to see. Sure. And... If you're going to make a slice of life film, especially about high school, you got to give us something challenging, you know, like it can't all be these very digestible. What would be challenging for you? Anything complicated, you know, anything complicated. You know what? what I mean? What's. I mean, there's the really good-looking ch- to Timothy Chalamet guy who's just like, I'm just so disaffected. And like, this is the same thing fuck. we were doing last time. Yeah, we just fuck, but it's like, I never promised you anything. And so, like, blah, blah, blah you're crazy. It just would have been cool if, like, I don't know, you know? Like, there'd been something about 
how desperate women are to fuck the popular guy, hmm. right? You know what I mean? Like how women will do anything to fuck the popular guy, to just be around them. You know, that would have been cool. Something something that probably Greta Gerwig did but couldn't even see. You know what I mean? Like, like But wasn't that kind of what was going on? Was yeah. That it, she it, was it, just it, sort of right. attracted to this guy. To this guy who just wasn't really like totally emotionally available back but was also like kind of there and like kind of but that was so but that was so put on like that's part of his character was like that was a that's he's obviously not that he's just putting on this disaffected cool guy pose i know but okay what i mean is like it would have been cool to see how he goes and like gets a blowjob from her and then fucks another girl and then fucks another girl and everybody's calling him all the time or like something that feeling of devastation to realize you're just another bitch that he's fucking mm. right we never really got that it was more like we had a little relationship and we just didn't fuck i kind of thought that I, she she definitely had that that feeling right that it was just not important because after they fuck she finds out that because he had initially said, oh, this is my first time. And then later she finds out it wasn't. Right. And she that's when she has that realization. And he's just sort of like, I don't know, what are you complaining about? I think that it happened exactly. Yeah. I can't totally remember exactly how that went down. But um, I don't know. You know, it just felt very easy. It just felt very easy and very non, non-real, non hmm. you know, like, like this is a real movie, but it's not actually real, you know, and no, the mom comes back in the end, right? It's a happy ending. The mom is, she's actually very loving, you know, thank God she actually is, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that she doesn't show up. It's not that the mom does something really wrong. She does something slightly wrong, you know? What did you want the mom to do? You know, how about the mom fucks fucks another guy in front of her? Let's see that happen. You know, <laughs> let's, let's, just let's see bizarre. something. No, I'm just saying, like, let's see something actually. Let's bad see the mom happen. rape someone, <laughs> makes her daughter watch. Yeah, there you go. And then they come all over her daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there, it's like, yeah. what are we? How did this happen? <laughs> It's a very upsetting this film. It's a very different yeah. film than I thought. Todd Solomon's made this, made this movie. All right. So, uh, I mean, I, I can't dispute anything that you said. No, no, I, no, I found it, it to be uh, fine. I will say that it, this is the movie that the most... I have never heard anybody else shit on Lady Bird. Everyone loves it. Everyone well, loves it. Well, you and my mom should hang out. There we you go. can talk yeah, about Charles' like. mom. I watched... As everyone probably remembers if they listen to this, I was really excited about the disaster artist mm. you were excited about it yeah. i don't remember you being well, excited i was about I, was, it. I was looking forward to watching it and okay. you and i were arguing about its merits being a thing that i haven't existed. seen it so i really shouldn't talk about it but. well I, I watched it it's on amazon prime so you can very easily oh i just lost my amazon prime membership yesterday oh no well yeah, now i didn't I, pay for it now again. you can't watch it uh, I watched it on, it's on Amazon Prime, and I was shocked at how mediocre it is. Thoroughly, 100% dull and mediocre. Dull? Yeah, very dull. So go on. Um, have, This makes me very happy, by the way, but okay. What, what makes, what, why are you I happy? I just am glad you don't like it. The, um, I, I'm a Room fan. Like, I came in, I don't want to hipster it, but I was a fan of The Room before it really broke out. I I think I went to the like fifth anniversary screening in two thousand eight was with my sister and another friend, so I've been aware of the room for a long time. Um, so I was ready to like the movie, but the movie is like it's very 
nothing. It's not a good film. Uh, and I and my feeling when they were making the Disaster Artist is like, oh, the the way to make this movie is to make this like highly cinematic, super emotional piece to like kind of complement the room, which is completely incompetently made. So the way that you make a movie about the making of the room is to make it like this really um, extremely filmish experience. Hmm. But it's just a boring buddy comedy. Right. It's, I mean... Yeah, it's James Franco and them doing what James Franco and them do, which is make the same movie. He should not have directed that film. The James Franco performance is okay. He's just doing an impersonation. It's whatever. But have you read the book, The Disaster no. Artist? The book is hilarious. It It's a really like honest portrait of having a crazy friend. Mm. You have this friend yeah. who's a lunatic. And so you've read the book? Yeah, I read oh, the book okay. after the film because I was like, is this what the book is? Ah. And the book is not the movie at all. They really did not do a good job taking what he wrote about into, into the movie mm. because the book is just, you have this nutty friend and... He's always embarrassing you, and he's just a pain in the ass, but he's still your friend, and you want to take care of him. You don't want him to feel bad. So it's like about that kind of weird dynamic and about how they got together. The The book is basically told half about the production of The Room and half how Greg Sestero, or Sestero, I don't know how to pronounce his name, met Tommy, mm. like the process of how they became friends, and, and it's intercut throughout. So How like, did they meet? They met in an acting class in uh, San Francisco because oh. Tommy was uh, just being just on stage doing this horrible like performance of something. And Greg was really attracted to how fearless he was on stage because he was really tight. And he was like, well, this guy's not a great actor, but he's 100% fearless. Yeah. And I, I want to know how to do that. Let's, maybe we can do a scene together. So they started doing scenes together. They became friends. Tommy is extremely wealthy and had an apartment in Los Angeles they let Greg go live in. Uh, so, and then Tommy started getting jealous of Greg's low-level acting success. And nobody knows where his money came from, right? It's like totally mystery. It's a it's a big mystery, yeah. Yeah. There's I mean there's some theories and he was he did this thing called Street Fashions USA like he owned all these buildings in San Francisco, but who knows how he came upon it. Uh, it, it's a big mystery. Yeah. And it's never really resolved. But Greg kind of spins this story about how, what he thinks Tommy's background is. So anyway, the book is... And the book made What me, does he think Tommy's background is? Well, he thinks Tommy came from an Eastern European country and uh, was uh, living in a lot of communist countries and was worried about uh, being killed. And he went to France and learn how to speak French. and the, But the French thought he was a communist, and he got worried about being sent back to wherever he came from, so he came to America because he loved movies. And he just got involved with a benefactor that helped him get wealthy. A benefit? No, I mean, he must have family money, right? No, I don't think so. He's uh, As Greg points out, he's definitely nouveau riche. It's, it's not family money. It's something that he came into recently because really? the way that he behaves. A benefactor? Yeah. That's so mysterious. There's this man who is credited as like an executive producer and the casting director of The Room who was dead for years before The Room oh, ever got made. Oh, so maybe he somehow... Yeah, so yeah. They're, they're connected in that way, I think. Yeah. But Tommy's very hesitant about like what his background is. Mm. So 
It's a great book. It's hilarious. It made me laugh out loud multiple times. And none of that is in the movie. Like yeah. the dynamic is completely absent from the film. Mm. So it was a really big disappointment. I recommend everyone should read the book if you like The Room. It's <clears throat> it's hilarious. And, but as a film, it was like, this is very, very mediocre. Mm. And disappointingly so. I was like, you have a great opportunity to make a pretty fun and funny movie. But it's just not. It's just like... You know, whatever. Yeah, like a dumb buddy comedy. Yeah, and deal, yeah. their dynamic isn't preserved at all. In the movie, like, Greg just goes along with everything. Like, they have the same common dream. Who plays Greg? <clears throat> um, Dave Franco. James Franco. Oh, and that's yeah. also, that adds to it because Tommy was, like, in his late 40s or 50s when he was hanging out with Greg, who was in his, like, oh, late so teens and older. early 20s. He's much older. Yeah, t- yeah. Tommy's an old dude. Whoa. So that, there was, like, these two disparate age guys hanging out together it it was a really very very boring film why the fuck would they ever cast the other franco i don't know and he doesn't embody that greg at all he's just not that guy it was i was shocked at how how mediocre the film was and it was nominated for academy award for adapted screenplay why is that yeah I, i i came around to your perspective where they were like really because you initially said that they were brigading and they were really foisting the movie on everybody. And and my counter to that was like, no, people really like the room and they're into like this weird cultish thing. But having watched the movie, I'm like, oh, this was just a really shitty movie and they were trying to get one over on people because right. it was about something that they fun. Knew. Yeah, but yeah. it's actually not a good film at all. And yeah, not about any of the themes of... The actual thing. The book. Yeah, yeah. Those definitely a bullshit campaign. Those guys have gross money behind them yeah someone gross yeah i very very bad not bad but just boring well not good Mm. yeah and i saw call me by your name and okay what what about that (laughs) (laughs) uh all three movies i didn't like did you see call me by your name yeah what did you think about it we talked about this no we didn't we didn't talk about call me by your name no i couldn't get through it wow would you not like about the, it? The funny thing is that guy's movie is my one of my favorite movies ever. Luca, whatever yeah, his Luca name is. Luca Godino. I bigger splash is I fucking love that movie. I have not I, watched that one. That's he came out with that. That was his movie before this. Mm. And, and he's he doing the Suspiria. So fucking good. The Suspiria remake. Yeah, yeah. Well, but he's great. I mean, like you know, he's a, an incredible filmmaker and. Uh, you know, the call uh, bigger splash. I saw it in the theater like randomly. It was one of those great movie experiences. We talked about a bigger splash. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying we never talked about. Call no, Me I know. Me. I'm just saying like I saw that movie. It was one of the things where it's like, oh, I've never heard anything about this movie. Okay, sounds kind of interesting. Let's go see it in the theaters because yeah. you're just at the movie theater, and then it's a great fucking experience. So yeah. that was one of my all time favorite movie experiences was seeing Bigger Splash. Mm. Uh Call me by your name. It's there's just too many things about it. I I just can't. There's too many things about it. I can't stand. <laughs> what are the things? It's the gay thing the gay with stuff. the young boy. It's the everybody's Jewish. Oh yeah. It's just. It's like, you know. One of our attorneys 
Is it Jew? I don't give a fuck that everybody's Jewish. There's two of our main characters Jews, but it's are just Jews. like it's Jewish academics. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's too it's like my life has been surrounded by Jewish academics. <laughs> and it's just like uh, I just I just couldn't I just couldn't get into it, man. I just was too it's, it's just the the guy looks like he's about fourteen. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, he looks like he was about fucking 14 years old. I mean, imagine if there was a girl who looked like she was 14, you know, in a fucking movie. And she's like super horny. You know what I mean? Like, that would be gross. That would be weird. And it was like, that was just fucking weird. I don't, I didn't I don't like, think that he looks 14. I don't agree with 17, that. Maybe 17, right? Yeah, I mean, like, so his... say there's a hot and horny 17-year-old. I mean, it was just like, uh, yeah, I just, I couldn't, it was too uncomfortable for me, man. And and you know what? Like, I think I should have seen it in the big screen because all of those amazing Guadino things where he's so good at the aesthetics of the Yeah, location, he only used one lens for the whole movie, which is really And he's so good at evoking that lens, that feeling of being in Italy, yeah. which is like totally unmatched. Like, you can't ever, it's very hard to get that feeling. Yeah. I saw it on the small screen, so I think I didn't get any of those things. You right. really need to see his movies on the big screen. So I think that was part of it. Like I wasn't getting that aesthetic experience. Yeah, there's definitely you know? scenes in the movie that they don't play as well if you're not watching on a giant screen. Right. You're like sitting in front of your 40-inch HDTV. You're like, what's happening? Right. You what can't really see. There was a couple moments. That moment in the rain... Like when it was raining outside, he did a good job of like that feeling of being inside yeah. when it's raining outside. But yeah, man, I and I just I, beyond that, it wasn't very compelling to me. It just didn't. I didn't buy Army Hammer for one fucking second that this is that. It's like what that, that he's what that he's this like secret gay academic. Like he's just doesn't did not evoke that to me at I all. I don't know that he was supposed to be a secret gay academic well oh is he okay so tell me just give us give me your take here um uh which part do you what take do you want to hear i love the the movie i was shocked at how much i love the movie it made me sad it made me sad for an entire weekend and i had to watch it sad why it make you sad it's just a it's just a very bittersweet film and if you've ever been in a situation where you had to say goodbye to somebody and you couldn't be with them anymore i think that you might relate to it although i do uh, i'm not I'm not like opposed to people who are unable to get over the vault of the homosexuality. Like I get that. I get people that are like, I'm just uncomfortable with the gay stuff. Well, it's not just the gay stuff. It's like Brokeback Mountain didn't make me uncomfortable really. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I actually really like Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain is another, it's a great film. I like that movie. I think that's a good movie. Yeah. It was that the guy was so young. I mean, there was a weird young... Like, the guy was really young looking. I mean, he looks like such an awkward, underdeveloped guy, right? I mean, he seems underdeveloped. I think the problem... I mean, I think the problem is less with him than it is because Army Hammer is like a giant, deep-voiced... Yeah, man, and he's all Army Hammer's like thirty, and the character's supposed to be like twenty four, which is the a, younger, the the older of the younger guys is supposed yeah. to be twenty four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. which is a which right. is a big difference. Like a twenty, if if you saw like a seventeen year old and a twenty four year old in the context, it would it wouldn't be right, as right, right. 
like that didn't really bother me so much. Still, for the right wing, the right wing conspiracy theorists, you got to admit, like underdeveloped gay love well, fucking scene. It's like you got to be like Jesus Christ. The, the, I mean, some of that's homophobia. I, I, I don't. Is it? Yeah. The, there's, there's a strong. No, I mean, it's true. If it was like a hot young fucking seventeen year old girl, I'd be like turned on by it. That's true. No, I, yeah. I, I, I won't deny that. If it was, if it was a, like a, a, a teenage girl. Right. Yeah. And it was like her twenty-four-year-old grad student. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be into it. It, it would be. Yeah, it's true. So there, there is a weird sex in movies, though. In general, recent, I have a really tough time with sex in movies now, and I think it's because of porn. Maybe. I think it's like now that I watch porn well, all the time, it's like a lot of frequently. It's a lot like of you don't. Yeah, the sex scenes are weird now. A lot it's like of it sex in movies doesn't really move the plot forward. So that's when I get. That's when my eyes roll back in my head when it's like, oh, here's a sex scene that doesn't like right. make the story right. Right, and it's forward. just a sex scene to be a sex scene. Yes. You know, it's oh, very we, weird. We need to have the sex scene. We need because... to have the sex scene because we need to see the hot, beautiful actress yeah. like fake humping yeah. the hot, beautiful but not guy. Too, but not too much. Not the too women much. Still right, 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 right. I still right, want to, you know, right, th- right. there's like loving and kissing and cuddling and the women right, like that right, and right. the men kind of like yeah. seeing her ass and the side of her boob. Right, the men see that's completely yeah. true. And it's so, you see older movies and you see those ridiculous sex scenes and it's yeah. like, this is so dumb. Like, it's so unbearable yeah. because it's like, why are we getting this weird? But the only reason that is is because now we have porn, so we see people fucking each other all the time, constantly. What's, so it's like, what's that scene in Jerry Maguire when she's like, "Never stop fucking me." Remember how abrupt that is in the in the oh in the very the beginning, yeah. right? In the very beginning, yeah, it's the first the, the first girl. woman yeah, that he yeah, gets right. together yeah, with, and she's like, see, "Never you remember these hot." You remember these hot scenes? I certainly. Well, I remember because I was seeing it in the movie theater with my parents, yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, "Oh my <laughs> god, why is this in the movie?" Stop fucking me! Stop ever stop fucking me! Okay, okay, I can't take it anymore. God, that sounds so unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, that was like it's randomly in the middle of the beginning of the movie, yeah. and I remember my mom was like, "What? Uh, yeah, why? Is like, this why happening? is this in here?" No, it's it's, and the strange thing is that I've gotten more uncomfortable with sex in movies as I've gotten older. It's like I'm, it's I don't like any sex scenes in movies now. I honestly would prefer to have I, zero sex. Scenes. I find that I'm okay with them if they're if they're moving the plot. If they're forward. well, what would be an example of it? when would they ever move the plot forward? Like how? Um, I, I mean, we'd have to think of a movie where there's a sex scene. Uh, here, I'll give you like... an example. Remember, did you see, uh, which I thought was fantastic, um, the pretty little things, what was it? Dirty, pretty not, things? No, I think... Pretty did, little not, liars? Pretty little liars. Pretty... No, that's not it either. <laughs> Big Little Lies. No. Yeah, Big Little Lies. I didn't see it. The HBO series with okay. Nicole Kidman. I didn't see it. And Alex Skarsgård. I heard it's good. It's great. Mm. So fucking good. And there's a guy, there's the sex in there does move the plot forward. Because yeah. it's like violent and it's like weird. And you don't know if it's like, does she want it? Does she not? You never know. Yeah. And so that actually, I did enjoy that because it was like, this. you're right. It, like, it, it had a purpose. It and wasn't just like a cut scene. Yeah. You know? Well, like Mad Men is funny because sometimes the sex moves the plot forward and sometimes it doesn't. And mm. I can always feel because I'm watching it and there's a sex scene and I'm like, oh, this is part of the story and it's interesting. And there's others where I'm like, okay. Like this is just Don Draper banging some chick. Yeah, banging. We, some chick. we know he's getting up to that. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, so yeah, I I thought the movie was great. I was I didn't have any preconceived notions about going into it, but I liked it a lot. 
made me very sad. <laughs> sad just because it ends with this. It, did I you watch, actually, you didn't I watch it a little no, way through? I made it, I made it like 75% through and then I just it's, couldn't take it. At the end, spoilers, at the end of the movie, uh, they, you know, Army Hammer leaves and uh, Timothy Chalamet is very sad. And then the dad has a very heartfelt conversation with him about right. it. Right. And one of the critiques I heard from the movie is like, oh, that's the most supportive father in a movie. But the thing that I like to point out about this film that's good is like, it's nice to have movies with gay characters where the tragedy isn't death, disease, right, or disownment. Gay thing. So yeah. it's just like the sadness is like, oh, this is an emotion the character's feeling that I can relate right, to. Right, 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 right. So yeah. I think that's fine. I didn't need to see the dad say like, oh, I don't like that you two were fucking around. I didn't. Right. Need- it wasn't that. It was. Yeah. It, it wasn't. Was, a- it wasn't about that. And yeah. that was funny because my first time watching the movie. Every scene where they're like out in public doing stuff, I was like, oh, they're going to get discovered. But the movie's not about that, so it doesn't matter. It's not relevant to the plot. It's not about right. like them being ostracized. It's just about a relationship. It's so, about a relationship between them. Yes. So at the end of the movie, uh, Army Hammer call. It's Christmas time, and they're back at the Italian house. And Army Hammer call. I, his name is ridiculous, by the way. It is a completely ridiculous yeah, it's name. A terrible name. Uh, so he calls up and he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" And he tells him he's getting married. Ah. And so uh, Timothy Chalamet is devastated. To a man or a woman? A woman. Because ah, it's the eighties. I see. So I then the movie he's devastated. And he's sitting in front of the fireplace, and the movie ends. Ah. So. Yeah, I mean, look, I can relate to that weird young summer Italian vacation love, I guess. Yeah. Not really. Peach though. fucking. Yeah, I didn't. I I missed the peach fucking part, oh, yeah. and I yeah. The peach fucking part. Ugh. I just, you know, I I can relate to that a little bit, but not really. I I never. I have a very bad memory, so when things happen, I just forget about them and don't think about them ever again. Yeah. Uh. So. Those were my three movie views. Yeah. Uh, Lady Bird is fine. Disaster Artist is not good. Call Me By Your Name is excellent. It's great. And yeah, uh, yeah it's both Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird, everyone disagrees with me on. So I think some people don't like... Yeah. I think who's, there's a, who's willing to admit that besides me? There's a chunk of gay people that don't like Call Me By Your Name. Why? Uh, I don't know. I think... Well, I was. it was funny because I posted about the movie on Facebook and I was getting a lot of pushback um, about like some Tony Bartoloni who we had come on talk about La La Land he kept commenting because there's this article that says that Call Me By Your Name is secretly about the AIDS epidemic because oh, there's God. all this symbolism That's... with bugs flying around and there's like you know bugs on them I don't believe that and neither do second, I because yeah. I'm like they're in the Italian countryside of course there's bugs yeah like, that's not that's stupid and, it, and again it's that weird need to like to this, make it about this that. has yeah, to be yeah, about yeah, AIDS yeah, we can't yeah, right. gay it people can't just be about gay people right, they right, can't right, have right, a relationship yeah, yeah. it has to be tragic no, and there I has feel to you be, what you're saying there has to be AIDS so yeah, um, yeah I, I recommend seeing two out of those three movies if you haven't yet yeah if, I mean, who am I talking to? Yeah, thanks for talking to give us the digest of movies that came out seven months ago. Looking forward to the, <laughs> the 2018 review we're going to do in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I saw some recent movies. I saw Hereditary. Oh, what did you think? Uh, Don't spoil it, but... 
I won't spoil it, but I thought it was highly overrated. Hmm. I think, you know, everybody wants... It's definitely belongs in this place of these new horror movies. It's very much one of these A24 yeah. horror movies that are great. Yeah. I would say... I won't say anything beyond this, but the first 50% is fantastic. Nice. It's half of a truly great movie. Yeah, I want to see that. And then it's another half of... Uh, a movie that just is you gotta have some connection <laughs> from the beginning of the end to your horror movie there has to be what it follows is my favorite horror movie of this current phase one yeah. day we'll have a name for it i don't know what it's called but it follows is so fucking well delivered from beginning to end yeah. i feel like it's like the 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 whole the bad guy links into the themes of the movie which links into the climax it's all this very well done uh consistent thing whereas a lot of these other movies which is like the witch i felt the same way i was very disappointed by the witch it's kind of like well some of these movies suffer from overhype too because very much like overhyped. if you just saw Tons the witch without all the drama around it yeah. don't you think you would have just enjoyed it more i felt the same way where i was like trying to separate the art of the movie from, from the hype yeah right, from ever yeah. being like oh my god and just it's watching it as so scary yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's it's ultimately negatively affecting films I would by agree. getting all crazy about and i think stuff. hereditary has the same problem mm. it's it's like yeah if this was like a rental that you rented on like some night when you're just looking for a horror movie it'd be great yeah but i went into this thinking this is gonna be an amazing film and it was you know it's it's worth seeing I, i'll say it's it's not worth seeing in the theaters but it's definitely you know yeah it's worth seeing because there's a lot of really good things about it mm. Uh, but it doesn't really hold together. There's no larger meaning or anything. It's just kind of a clusterfuck. But uh, well, it'll be interesting. To see the Devil's Candy. No, that's a uh, that's on Netflix. You can watch that one. That's Devil's that's a very candy. strange. It's like an hour and twenty minute horror movie. Mm. Uh, it's about this family that moves into this house, and the dad starts getting inspired to do really disturbing paintings, and then this creepy man keeps showing up and claiming it's his house. That sounds kind of cool. Devil's Candy? Yeah, Devil's Candy. I saw another great, not great, but it's another horror film by the guy who wrote The Orphanage, which I think is fantastic. I think that The Orphanage is a really, really good movie. His second movie or his second written movie or whatever it is, is called, it's got a really weird name. I wish we could look it up, but it's um, it's shockingly similar in theme to the orphanage it almost has the same story it's almost the same exact story just with like slightly different characters it's the director no because i think guillermo del toro directed not who no. directed the orphanage this guy named uh j.a bayona it might be spanish the filmmaker he made uh the sponge man the orphanage the impossible a Monster Calls. No. In Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> he directed that? Yep. Oh, my God. Am I crazy? What's his... Okay, what's the writer? Sergio Sanchez. That's probably it. Marrowbone? Marrowbone. Oh. Yep. Marrowbone. Yeah. So, Marrowbone is a horror movie that's out. And it's it's got some like big up-and-coming type actors in it. It's it's But it's really bad. It's surprisingly bad. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, it's very bad. Mm. It's, it makes no sense. It's very badly done. Um. Yeah, what else have I seen recently? Last night we tried... Oh, here, dude, 
you'll like this. I will. Have you seen Red Sparrow? No. Red Sparrow is not a good movie, but it is definitely something you need to see. Okay. <laughs> I've been meaning to watch that. Because it is so much weirder than you think. Oh, I like that. It, it is so strange. It is such a fucking strange... I was really amazed at how strange it is. It's not good. Hmm. It's it's very bad, but it's like you, you definitely got to see it. I I will put that on the list. I watched Imperium with uh, uh, what's his face, Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, did you see Imperium? I, yeah, I did. I saw it in very strange circumstances. Wha- what? I don't remember if you when I got recruited by the uh, oh the dark side, but by... they made us watch that. Oh, by your your friend. Yeah. Who's in the news sometimes? All right. Uh, interesting. I didn't like it very much. I felt it was like pretty lazy filmmaking. Like I like how he learns all about neo-Nazi subcultures just by like sitting at a desk with her. Right. I yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah, you know, it's not amazing, not terrible. I mean, I like the, you know, it's interesting. It's a good idea for a movie. Yeah, the vibe was cool. It was yeah. just kind of like it, the script was just very lazy. Right. And it, that's like now I've seen that popping up. It's like it's on Amazon Prime, so they're yeah. they're promoting it everywhere. Anything with na- white nationalism gets yeah. clicks. It's hot, yeah, the hot new thing. All right, the hot new old thing. <laughs> Is that Other it? Movies. Any other movies? I saw the new. Oh, we I predicted a while ago that the Lynn Ramsey movie right, 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 right. was going to be amazing. Did you see it? I've not seen it yet. So it's called "You Were Never Really Here," right? With Joaquin not Phoenix. Not call me by your name. Uh, and, uh, it's very good. Very, very good. She has, she has an aesthetic that is just unbeatable. Um, you know, it's not, I wish I could say that it was going to be the sensation that I said it was going to be. It's not, uh, I don't think it's that good. And I don't think it came out too early to be that too. Well, she, she needs to make like two more right in a row. And, and I think like the third one would be good. She's too, moving too slowly. She's got to ramp it up. But mm. she's a great filmmaker. I think that's it. I feel like there's something else. Better. If you're a listener, I had the idea that Isaac and I could do commentary tracks for a few movies that he or I love. One of which being Armageddon. Yes. Oh, 100%. I think that would be a fun thing to listen to. So if you're a listener and you would be interested in that, tell us. Because we're only going to do it if it's something that people would be interested in having. I could go behind the paywall. It yeah. doesn't exist yet. But well, it will one day exist. Also, I we kind of talked about this with Josh at many, many episodes ago. <laughs> well, who knows when this will go up. But I'm sort of curious about if listeners think that I should take down some of the older episodes and have a specific starting point so that people that start listening can can start really at the correct place because there's definitely some garbage that they don't need to sit through. But there are things... I'd like everybody to hear the Burning Man one or the one where Eric Escobar completely destroyed <laughs> our episode. Yeah, you want to prune the bad ones. Yeah, I yeah. understand that. Well, not... Yeah, just like if you were to recommend this to someone, right? Which episode? What episode would be the starting? I think point the Kaepernick one. People often talk about the that Kaepernick one. Still gets downloads, one. man. Yeah, people like the Kaepernick that one, one and the one with Cameron, the White Fragility one. Yeah. That that one was on our you know best of the podcast on iTunes when it the episode whatever your top two downloaded episodes are. That fucking White Fragility one was shot right up there recently. Really? So it was like a recent episode and then that one. And White Fragility. So who knows what people are looking for. But yeah, if you have opinions. 
email us, not a huge fan podcast at gmail.com. Oh, also another big one was our vocal fry one. Those ah, are, yes. Those are hits. Yeah. Hits of the podcast. Hits of the podcast. Got us our angry ma- uh, hate mail and our like one or two one-star ratings on iTunes yeah. directly related to those, to that episode. specific episode. Yeah. Okay, okay, I can't take it anymore.